Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. I wasn't going to do this one, I was going to do a different one. I um, had a talk already and then yesterday, uh, well the night before I had a dream and uh, in the dream I felt, don't do that one, do something else. It was a bit like, I'll probably do that one next week, but it was like you can't do that one until you've done this one. And then I started to look into it and it seemed a bit, uh, bit I think the word I used this morning was hefty. And um, what I want to start with, as I'm talking... This isn't directly related to it, but is there an area, is there a situation where you need a breakthrough? Some people are nodding. Is there like a thing that, that has just been, you've not got it, and you've, you've been praying, but it, you've not, it hasn't broken through? If you can identify an area, if you can't, Ask the Holy Spirit to show you an area and remind you of something. Maybe it's something you've kind of half given up on. And that, that tonight we're going to look at, I believe, how to, how to break through in prayer, how we can do that. And, uh, and it is about a spiritual battle. So um, if you're brand new to all this stuff, this will freak you out. If, you, <laughs> if, you, uh, if you're not, then it might freak you out anyway. So we'll give it a go. Okay, let's, I'm going to pray again. Lord, you told the church at Corinth, Lord, you said to them, even, they were a church that had all the spiritual gifts and all kinds of great things happening, but you said, I do not want you to be ignorant, lest the devil take advantage of you by his schemes. Lord, we just heard that song that said, the devil is a liar, but he's not fooling me. Lord, we don't want to be fooled by the enemy. We want to be led by your Holy Spirit. So please show us tonight. Please open up our minds and our hearts and give us revelation. Give us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to rouse ourselves and stir ourselves up in our spirits. So that the devil will not take advantage of us. And as we're looking at prophecy every evening so far this year. We say we want to hear from you and you alone, Lord. We want to honour every word from your holy word and every now word that comes from your Holy Spirit. And Lord, as I speak tonight, please speak to us. Please, just say to him, please speak to me. And Lord, shut off my ears from every other voice other than your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we have been looking at prophecy every night this year so far, and we're not done yet. We have to recognise true or false. There's true and there's false when we look at prophecy. And um, we had a great teaching uh, recently uh, with Paul Gibbs, and he talked about that there's different, you know, basically you can have uh, manipulation, and you can have revelation, and you can have, what was the first one? Imagination, and we've got to learn to discern what these different kind of things are. But also, you know, we love prophecy here, but Deuteronomy chapter 18, and I know that Old Testament prophecy isn't the same as New Testament prophecy, and we're going to look at that on one of these sessions. But the seriousness is that this is underlined in Deuteronomy 18, if you read that. It says, watch out for false prophets who claim to speak, it says, in any other name, in the name of any other God. And we have, as I say, different standards in the New Testament from the Old Testament, and we don't stone people who get it wrong these days, you'll be pleased to know. But prophecy that's not from the Holy Spirit, through prayer, in the name of Jesus Christ, if it's just coming out of the flesh, all it's going to give birth to is flesh. That's all. It's not going to do anything in the Holy Spirit. And actually, if it comes from another spirit, if that's the source, then it's going to lead you into tremendous danger. And if it's... If it's domination, if it's manipulation, if it's intimidation, if it's control, if it's, it can masquerade as a spiritual sounding word, but it can be demonic power masquerading as God's truth. And if you can't or don't believe that, don't believe me, believe the Bible. Because the Bible is very clear. If you don't believe me, believe Jesus. 
Because Jesus spoke about this really clearly. Jesus himself warned, he said, in the days that were approaching his return, that's us, as those days draw nearer, he said that there will be an increase in deception. Specifically, he mentioned that there would be a great increase of false prophets who would come within the church. He said that they would look like sheep, but they would be ravening wolves. And he said, by their fruit, you'll know them. Fruit takes a while, doesn't it? Fruit isn't just there. You've got to watch, you've got to wait. Oh, there's the fruit. You've got to get up close to see the fruit sometimes. He warned us, false prophets will arise. He said they will perform great signs and wonders. They'll deceive many people. He said, even if possible, even the elect, even God's chosen, if possible. Well, is it possible? Really? I know you might think, well, isn't this all out there? I know that there's false religions. But this seems to be talking about in the church. The doctrines will be taught and words will be given that can deceive and lead God's people astray. If you're not discerning, and you might think, well, I, I can't believe that. But did you know that they recently removed the word gullible from the dictionary? In Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul, before leaving Ephesus, he gathered the elders of the church on the beach and he spoke words of encouragement to them, but also words of prophecy, words that would become prophetic in that church. He said, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. He said, this is going to happen. Do you think it was just going to happen there? Paul warned in 2 Corinthians of a scary situation that there had arisen in the church people he called deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ and no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it's no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Watch out. That's what Paul was saying to the Ephesian elders. Watch out. Don't think it can't happen to you. Don't think it can't happen here. Watch out. John, the Apostle John, gets called the Apostle of Love. Let's read what he wrote in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, we know he's the Apostle of Love, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether... They are from God. In other words, some of them won't be. For many false prophets. How many? Many. Many false prophets have gone out into the world. That doesn't sound very loving, does it? To say that. Unless you care. Unless you want to protect people and you're, you care enough to speak the truth. To guard, to protect. Because you want, you want to care about people and so you want to protect the church from lies and deception and false prophecies. And that's the leader's job, but who is responsible according to the scripture to test the prophecy? Point at the person chiefly responsible for your spiritual walk and don't point at me. Don't believe everything. Don't believe every prophecy. Don't believe every prophet. Don't believe every word that's given. Don't even believe me. Test what I say against with the word of God. There are many false spirits, many evil spirits, many antichrist, he said. That doesn't mean there's just an antichrist figure, although I believe that will happen and be embodied. Antichrist means against Christ, simple. Many spirits that are opposed to the Holy Spirit. And he says we have to test the spirits. We must test the spirits and we can test the spirits to see if they're of God. So test me. Test what I say tonight. In a little while I'm going to bring you a testimony. Somebody, somebody reporting somebody's story. And this person, when he heard this story, it blew his mind. And he said it, it blew my mind so much that I had to go away and fast and pray for 10 days to see whether or not it was true. Because if it was true, it would change everything in terms of how he prayed. 
So I'm going to be bringing that to you. And you've got the same responsibility. You've got to test that story, that testimony and decide. False teachers will tell you what you want to hear. Psychics do it all the time. Yeah. The, and false prophets in the church have the same cunning spirit to manipulate. They'll tell you what you like. They'll tell you whatever you like. Misrepresenting themselves and ultimately misrepresenting Christ. So Paul cautioned Timothy. He said the time is going to come when teachers will fashion a message which tells people what their itching ears want to hear. Rather than what God wants to say. Here's what he said, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead and in view of his appearing and his kingdom. In other words, this is coming soon. I give you this charge, Timothy. Preach the word. Not your word. The word. God's holy inspired word. The word of God. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct. Rebuke. And encourage. Not just encourage. Oh I, only, oh, I like that preacher. All he ever says, it just encourages me. Watch out. We need correction. Yes. We need admonition. We need rebuke. Yes. That's loving. That's what God's word does. With great patience and careful instruction, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound teaching. Instead, they will follow their own desires. I only want to hear God tell me that I'm doing everything okay. They'll look for teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth. Watch out. All kinds of people all over the internet, on all kinds of YouTube channels, and all kinds of different podcasts are going to set themselves up as guides. Some with a Bible open. Others will say the Bible is just another book. It's just another, you know, it's an inspiring book, but it's not the inspired word of God. Yes, I get inspired by the Bible, but its authority is just the same as lots of other religious books. And when you get into it and you really find out about it, you just find it's just another book. And actually, I've, I've got an insight for you that the Bible didn't know, but now has just come to light. You know? And my job, I'm here tonight with patience to correct, if that's been what you've been doing, and to, and to help, to point you to scripture, to warn you from the Bible, be careful who you follow. Amen. Be careful. Because Jesus said the blind will lead the blind into a pit. Have you ever read the book of Jude? It's only like... There's not even chapters. Uh, Jesus' younger brother Jude says, I just wanted to write about how great Jesus is, really. I just wanted to write about how amazing salvation is. That was all I wanted to do, really. But I had to write something else. I had to, I had to contend for the faith that was actually once delivered to the saints. It's like, that's what I know. In a way, you kind of feel like he's a bit annoyed by it. But let me, and the reason is, he says there's some people that have come in and are distracting people away from that gospel. He says, some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches. When these people eat with you in their fellowship meals, they're like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. Shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. These people are grumblers and complainers. Wow. Living only to satisfy their desires, they brag loudly about themselves and they flatter others to get what they want. These are markers. This is like ding, 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 ding. Watch out, false prophet. 
Verse 18 says, these people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts. They do not have God's spirit. He said, these so-called guides are walking, he says, in the way of Cain. False prophets for hire like Balaam who cursed God's people. They're on the same rebellious path of destruction as Korah. By the way, this is why you really need to know the Bible. A lot more than you need to go to a conference for somebody to give you your next prophetic word. Amen. That's good. Yes, sir. Paul Gibbs, when he was here, talked about that thing of how in banks, when they want to train people to know what's counterfeit, they don't give them loads of different counterfeit bills because there's far too many of them. Instead, they get them used to handling the real thing. And then when you're going through, you go, oh, that doesn't feel right. Counterfeit. You can never know about every deception of the enemy. There's too many of them. But as we get to know scripture, as we get to know the God who inspired scripture, then there comes a thing inside of you and the Holy Spirit reminds you of what Jesus has said and what he hasn't said. And he comes along and he says, that ain't me. That spirit is not my spirit. And there's something inside of you that goes, ooh, I don't know. Listen to that. For goodness, for God's sake, listen to that. If you don't know, by the way, who Cain is, if you don't know who Balaam is, if you don't know who Korah is, if you don't know who Nathan and Abiram, what they try to do, or Absalom or Jezebel, if you don't know who Himenius and Alexandra and Diotrephes were, you are a lot more likely to be deceived by false prophets because there's nothing new under the sun. They were all there in Scripture. And that's how we test their words by the word by this word we test their spirit by the Holy Spirit so that's the teaching for tonight everybody take a big deep breath in let it out twice as slow say thank goodness that bit's over that's the teaching and now I've got something for you to test that will lead us into prayer and this is something that I read as I was preparing this in the week. And this is what kind of made me open to the fact that God might have not wanted me to just do what I was going to do and do something different. Which actually, ultimately, we should be open to that as people who are led by the Holy Spirit. You know, there's times when I've kind of gone with the thing that I think that I wanted to do. And guess what? God didn't really show up. <laughs> so instead, I'm going to go with what I think God's saying. And, uh, and again, you've got to test this. And I read this this week. And... While I was preparing for it, really, with, it became like an eye-opener in terms of the, the spiritual battles that we are in, the spiritual warfare that we are all involved in every single day, and how we fight and how we win. So let's pray again first, because this is, as I say, fairly heavy stuff. And how we pray now, we just put the, the spiritual armour on. Whenever we're talking about anything like this, well, just generally, you don't want to walk around without your armour on. So as we pray, Lord, Ephesians says, finally, brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So strengthen us. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Have you got God's armour on tonight? Do you know what it is and how to wear it? Helmet of salvation, knowing that you're saved. Breastplate of righteousness in place, knowing that you have righteousness that was bought by another to cover your heart. Girding your loins with that belt of truth that holds everything together. Feet shod, ready with the gospel of peace. Shield of faith, big shield. Big shield to defend, to protect against every fiery arrow of the enemy. Sword, sword in your hand. The word of truth. In the worship before, I felt God gave me another sword. I'm a two-sword guy now. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Amen. And then he says why we do that. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Say high places. High 
high places. Therefore, take unto you the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Do you know that those sandals, sounds a bit funny wearing sandals. Why is a soldier wearing sandals? Like flip-flops. Not very good in that. They, they were like... They were like fierce. They were, they were like hobnail sandals, Roman soldiers. So they would stand and were immovable. Yeah. You could try and push against them. They're going nowhere. We've got to learn to stand. Amen. What happens when we pray? When, when we pray and we've got our spiritual armour intact, do you know what the weapons of our warfare are? How we use them? If, we're not, if we recognise we're not fighting against flesh yeah. and blood. But the spiritual stuff that's happening all the time. Mm-hmm. Years ago in Maidstone, I met a mighty man of God from Uganda called John Melindy. Um, he's, he came to our church. Never forget, we were all sitting around a staff meeting. He'd done some ministry. This man had been really involved in, in, uh, in, in the prayer, the intercession that turned around the nation from spiritual darkness to revival. He was one of the architects of bringing churches together and movements together to cry out to God for a move of God. And, and it just made an incredible difference in the nation. And he came to us. And I remember that there was a lady on our staff team who hadn't been able to have children. And she'd just been told, actually, we'd all been praying for her the week before because she was in bits because she'd been told by the top gynecologist, there's no way. And uh, just at the end of the, uh, the time with us, he turned to this girl as we were walking out and he said, oh, by the way, this time next year you're going to have a baby. And then he walked out. And I was like, oh man, that's so insensitive. How could he do that? That's terrible. And I felt like that until she had the baby the next year. So this guy, I was reading some stuff about him because I think... I need to learn about prayer. I'm supposed to be going teaching at Spring Harvest again soon. And they've asked me to teach. And it's on prayer. And I'm just like, oh man. And I figure, I've read lots of books on prayer. But I get with Africans and I get with other people from other nations. And they kind of get some spiritual dimensions that me with my rationalistic background do not see, do not get. And I want that. I want to learn from people who've got a different worldview effectively and actually have a more spiritual worldview in very many ways and so I thought well I'll look into some of the things that this guy has written on it and he has this prayer um, conference which I know some friends of mine have been out to they do it every year and, um, and then he, 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 I'm reading through some various things and he talks about how he went to meet with a guy at a dinner there's a group of other people and he found out that this guy used to be on the other side he was a devil worshipper mm-hmm. and he had become a Christian and he was coming to tell his story about his old life and how Jesus had changed him and what, had, what had he learned spiritually from the other side if you like mm-hmm. and so he was interested in that mm-hmm. and, um, and so this guy John said some of the things that this young man talked about that night challenged him so deeply he didn't even want to believe them he was like, I'm not sure, I know I'm going to have to go away and check this. And he prayed and he fasted for 10 days afterwards because he said, if it's true, this changes a lot. I mean, for me, when I read this, it makes me think, this is why those guys pray longer than I do. This is why they pray with more fervency than I do. This is why they don't just do those nice polite prayers like I often do, those nice quiet ones. And after he tested it, he believed it. And you and I have got to test the word too, because as I say, this is not the word, it's a word. You've got to test it. I quote, This man was born after his parents dedicated themselves to Lucifer. When he was still in the womb, they conducted many rituals, dedicating him again to serve Lucifer. When he was four years old, he began to exercise his spiritual power. His parents began to fear him. When he was six, his father surrendered him to witches to be trained. By 10, he was doing great things in the kingdom of the devil. The normal witches feared him. He was so terrible in the things he did as a young man in his 20s, he had much bloodshed on his hands. He killed at will. He had the ability to go out of his body through transcendental meditation. He could levitate. Sometimes his body would lift up off the ground and stay in the air. Sometimes he'd go into a trance and come out of his body. And his body would remain behind and he'd go into the world. They call it astral travelling. By the way, I was talking to a woman on Friday who told me that she used to do this. And she's got like, she said, I've got five sisters. And I think, she said, I think they're all witches. I kind of thought, yes, I think they might be. 
This man was used by Satan to destroy many churches and pastors. One day, he was assigned to a particular church to destroy it. As he began to work against this congregation, there were many divisions and much confusion. But the pastor called a fast for the entire church. And as the church began to fast, there was a lot of repentance and reconciliation. The people came together and began to pray together for the work of the Lord in their midst. They continued to intercede and cry out fervently to God to have mercy and intervene in their lives. The church was full of prayer, but this man kept coming again and again with demon spirits against this church. A word of prophecy came telling the Christians to rise up and wage warfare against the powers of darkness that were attacking the church. One day, this man left his body in his room and went astro-traveling, leading a mighty force of spirits against this congregation. He said he was moving in the spirit over the church they were trying to attack, but there was a covering of light over the church. Hallelujah. I think it deserves one more hallelujah than that. I'm going to say it again, and then we're going to join in with Isaac, I think. Okay. (laughs) yeah Uh, where were we up to he said he was moving in the spirit in the air over the church they were trying to attack but there was a covering of light over the church hallelujah Hallelujah. suddenly an an army of angels attacked them there was fighting in the air and all the demons fled but he was arrested arrested by whom the angels. He saw himself held by six angels who brought him through the roof before the altar. All the people were deep in warfare prayer, rebuking, breaking off, casting out, binding and loosing and all of the rest of it. And the pastor was on the platform leading the prayers as the spirit of the Lord spoke to him and said, the yoke has been broken, the victim is here before you, help him. He opened his eyes and saw the young man collapsed at the altar. He was now in his body. The young man says he doesn't know how his body joined him. He left his body at his house. He didn't know how except he'd entered the church through the roof. He was trembling. Demon spirits started to come out of him. They prayed for him and afterwards he began to share his life story. Now he's come to the Lord and is an evangelist preaching the gospel, being used by the Lord mightily in setting other people free, especially in the area of deliverance ministry. Yes, that's great, isn't it? The sole reason I went to the dinner was because somebody told me about this young man. Well, I think I would go too. I sat as he gave his testimony. Sometimes he cried because of the things that he'd done. But when he finished, he made an appeal. There were many church leaders in the room. He said, I appeal to you, pastors. Please teach the people how to pray. The people who do not pray can be taken in by anything. By the devil. There are so many ways that the enemy exploits their lives. He said, teach the people how to use the spiritual armor that God provides he said, he, this is still him describing this. He told us how he used to lead these expeditions into the air. He'd go with other satanic agents and many demonic spirits. It was like a shift. You have to go and work your shift. Regularly, he had a time when he would have to go and wage war in the heavenlies. And he said that in the heavenlies, in the spiritual realm, if the land is, I've got a picture of this, if the land is covered under a blanket of wickedness, darkness, that blanket gets so thick it's like a rock. This firmament that's on there covers an area. See, I've been to places. Last weekend, I was in, uh, I was in Belfast. You go to the Shankill Road, you go to the Falls Road. Even now, you feel, you, you know the darkness. You know the bloodshed. You know the terror. You know the fear that there's been there and what it does. The spiritual atmosphere. Have you ever sensed a spiritual atmosphere in a place? That's what this is talking about. He says this blanket gets thick and spirits are able to go above and below this blanket and influence events on the earth. Both evil spirits and human agents who are serving the devil go down to points of covenant on the earth in the waters or on the land. You can see the pictures then. That's over on this side where the tree is and that thing is not a toilet. It's meant to be like an altar, I think. And this 
this person who's going like this on this side is meant to be one of the evil, one of the agents of the enemy who's entering into covenants. Now that can be knowingly or unknowingly. I think these knife crimes and these kind of things, we've got to go and we've got to pray and claim those places again where blood's been shed and it's crying out to God. That kind of thing matters spiritually. Is it all right for me to talk about this stuff? Hope so. Because this is real as far as I'm concerned. This is things that we've got to wake up to. How do they refresh their spirits? By the sacrifices people make at these altars. When they make a covenant, there can be places of open witchcraft. It talks about sacrifices of all kinds, including abortion and warfare, human and animal sacrifices, sacrifices of sexual immorality where people go into perversions and promiscuity. There's places people go and have sex out in the open air and all those different kinds of things. And there's so much demonic activity around all of that. These type of acts give strength to the dark powers. It talks about many things which greatly troubled my mind, John Melinda said. Mm. We're getting there. You're thinking, why is he telling me this? I'll tell you why. He said, when they are up there and the Christians begin to pray on the earth, the prayers of the Christians appear to them in three forms. All prayers, he said, appear like smoke rising up to the heavens. He said, some prayers appear like smoke that meanders and disappears in the air. He said, the people who normally pray those disappearing little puffs of smoke kind of prayers have sin in their life that they're not dealing with. The prayers are so weak, they just get blown away. He said there are others, their prayer rises up like smoke, but it doesn't, doesn't break through. He's talking about breaking through in prayer. He says usually these are those who lack faith in what they're doing when they pray. And they ignore the other keys of prayer that they need to put together. Mm. But the third type of prayer is like smoke filled with fire. Yes. See that breakthrough prayer? As it rises up, it's so hot that as it reaches the darkness, the cover begins to melt like wax. It pierces it and goes through. Amen. And he said many times people begin to pray and their prayers start out like the first kind of prayer. But as they continue to pray, their prayers change and suddenly become like the second prayer. Have you ever had this happen? You continue to pray. And as they continue to pray, suddenly there's a fire that starts to fill the prayers. And their prayers become so powerful, they break through, they pierce through. I think we've, we don't know about this very much. I think if we knew about this, maybe we'd press through a bit more in our prayer. Maybe we would be a bit, maybe I would be a bit more fervent. He also said many times they'd notice if the prayers of the saints were changing and coming close to the state of fire. And when that happens, they communicated to other spirits on the earth and they said, distract that person. Distract that person from prayer. Stop them praying. And Christians would yield to the distractions. They're starting to press through. They're repenting. They're allowing the word to examine their hearts. Faith starting to build. Their prayers are getting more focused and specific. The enemy sees their prayers are gaining strength. So... Sends a distraction. Oh, hang on. Where's my phone? You're just getting into the intense prayer. Something happens. The phone rings. You think, I'll just go and sort that out and then I'll come back and continue to pray. But when you come back, you go back to where you were right at the start and that's what the devil wanted. Other kind of distractions come your way. Oh, I've got a twinge. Even if it's touching your body, he said, bringing some pain somewhere or making you hungry. You think, I'll just go to the kitchen, get myself that, then I'll come back and pray. But again, when you come back, you're back where you started. And the enemy has deceived you and defeated you for a piece of toast. He said to the pastors, teach people to set aside some time for prayer not just for some casual kind of praying. They can do that for the rest of the day. Once in a day, they should have a time when they are focusing completely, wholeheartedly on God and not being distracted Amen. 
put it on airplane mode. If people persist, he says, in this kind of prayer, if they allow themselves to be inspired by the spirit and keep going and going, something happens in the spirit realm. The fire touches that firmament and it melts. This is, you know, old time people used to call this praying through. And I used to think that meant like you've got to pray through in some way to get it off God. No. No, God's, God's willing to release answers to prayer from heaven. Yes. But it's to get through the opposition. Yes. He said, when the melting begins, it's so hot, no evil spirit can stand it. No human spirit can stand it. They all run away. An opening in the spiritual realm takes place. Yes. As soon as this happens, all that trouble in prayer stops. The person on the ground praying suddenly feels like prayer is a smooth, enjoyable peaceful experience you lose consciousness of time you are connected this man said when the prayers go through there's no resistance he said after such people finish praying the hole stays open Amen. when they get up from their place of prayer and they walk out yes. the opening moves with them they're no longer operating under the blanket. They've broken through. They've got an open heaven. Yes. Now the devil can't do whatever he wants against them. The presence of the Lord, he said, is like a pillar from heaven. This is what he's seeing in Christians. He's not a Christian, remember. This is what he's seeing in Christians. Yes. The presence of the Lord is like a pillar from heaven resting on their lives. Divine protection. He said there's so much power inside the pillar. As they move around, the presence touches other people. It discerns what the enemy's been doing in other people's lives. As they talk to people, they kind of come inside the pillar too. As long as they stay inside the pillar, the bondages of the enemy start to weaken. He said, when these people who have such spiritual breakthroughs start to share Jesus with sinners, with people who don't yet know him, when they pray for the sick or pray about other things, the presence makes all the difference and the devil really hates these Christians. He said, if there are places, there's a picture of one, could be a home, could be a church building like this, but it's not about the building, it's, it's about prayer regularly being prayed through like this, the presence comes upon that place and doesn't leave. You're in a good place tonight. Been a lot of prayer here. So even if the people come and they don't know God, when they come into that place, they sense something different in the atmosphere. Suddenly, the bondages are weakened. He said, if somebody will minister them the word of God patiently and with love, they can easily be brought to Jesus in such a place. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. And he said, if nobody reaches out to these people, though, when they come into this presence, they feel convicted but begin to debate whether or not to yield to Christ. This is why we've got to go and talk to people and ask people. That's why we've got to say to them, what do you think about the message? He said, because otherwise, if they're not brought to faith, when they walk away from the place, the bondages get stronger because the devil tries his best to do anything to not allow them to come back to such an environment. He told us what they do to people who've broken through in, like this in prayer. He said they mark such people. They notice such people. They studied such people. They dig up everything that they can find about such people. They look for their weaknesses. And when somebody overcomes in prayer like this and breaks through and communicates, then they communicate with other spirits and they say, target him in this area because this is his weakness. So when the person comes out of the place of prayer, the spirit of prayer resting upon them, the presence is on her, the joy of the Lord is her strength, then the enemy tries to bring all kinds of things that will distract her and get her to focus on those things and lose focus on the Lord. He's trying to do it now to you, so don't let him. And if you think this is weird, read some C.S. Lewis because it's all there read the screw tape letters he says if his weakness is in the area of temper the enemy is going to cause people to do things to make him angry and if he's not sensitive to the Holy Spirit and allows himself to go into the temper if he suddenly gets furious it's like he's lost 
that sense of anointing and the presence of the Holy Spirit. He takes his eyes off the Lord. After a few minutes, he wants to put that behind him and get back into the sweet, sweet fellowship. But it's gone. Why? Because he yielded to the temptation. And as he did so, they're working above to close that connection and, and stop that. He said, the person, of course, doesn't cease to become a child of God, but they lost that anointing, that ease that enabled them to be able to move in the supernatural because they focused off. They'll seek out your weakness. He said, if it's a sexual sin, the enemy will prepare people and events to suddenly draw it out. If you yield your mind, if you entertain those thoughts, you think, oh, it doesn't really matter. It matters. Because when that person yields to that and is through with everything and then wants to go back to their anointing, they discover it's no longer there. Yeah. And maybe you say that's not fair, but the Bible says put on the helmet of salvation. Mm. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. See the place of weapons of warfare. And remember what Jesus told us to pray towards the end of the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Every time you have a breakthrough in prayer, when you come to the end, he said, remember, you're still a weak human being. You're not perfect yet. So ask the Lord, Lord, I've enjoyed this wonderful time of fellowship with you. As I walk out into the world now, lead me not into temptation. I know the enemy is going to set traps for me out there. I don't know what forms they're going to take. And I'm still weak in certain places. So if I'm in the wrong place, turn me. Protect me, Lord. When you see me going into that corner where the trap is laid, let me go a different way. Deliver me from the evil one. John Melinda said, I don't know whether to go deeper because I don't want to start something that I can't finish. And it's 20 past eight. So I could stop there if you want and we can just pray. We could bring it back to next week and carry on a little bit. Or I could finish it now. What do you want? Finish it. Okay. <laughs> well, stand up then and have a stretch because we've got to get this. If we're going to do it, let's do it right. Yeah. Stretch. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's watching on Facebook Live, but if they are, give them a wave. Hello. <laughs> Great. It's not long. Then we're going to do it. We're going to pray. This man said... When prayer breaks through like this, the answer always comes. He said he did not know a case when prayer broke through and the answer didn't come. He said the answer always comes from heaven, but very often it didn't get to the person who asked. Why? Because of the battle in the heavenlies. He said it's, as long as they succeed in cutting off that open heaven and restoring the cover of darkness, they watch this person and they're waiting because they know the answer's coming. And then this, John Melinda said, this man spoke something that shook my faith. And it's because of this next part that I went into fasting 10 days to test it, test it and ask, Lord, is this true? Can you prove it to me? So again, this is for you to test too. Amen. I'm working this through myself. Seeing, does it line up with scripture as I understand it? He said, every Christian has an angel mm-hmm. serving that Christian. I believe that. Now, we know the Bible says angels are ministering spirits to us. He said, when people pray, the answer comes in the hand of the angel. And if the one who prays knows about the spiritual armor and is clothed with it, the answer comes with an angel who is also clothed in full spiritual armor. But if the one who prays does not care about spiritual armor, the angels come without spiritual armor. I mean, there's still going to be big, scary angels. But Christians who don't care, he says, about what kind of thoughts come into their mind, who don't fight the battle of their minds, their angels come without a helmet. Whatever spiritual weapon you ignore on earth, the angel does not have it as he serves you. In other words, our spiritual armour is not protecting our physical bodies. It's not even protecting our spiritual exploits. He said when the angels are coming, those with him on his side would look to see what areas were not covered and they would attack there. If he has no helmet, they're going to go for the head. If he's no breastplate, they're going to aim at the heart. If he's got no shoes, they're going to make it like fire for their feet. And he said that we asked him the question, we said, what do you mean? Can angels feel fire? And he said, remember, this is a spiritual realm. These are spirits dealing with spirits. And the battle is intense. And the angel of God, the first thing that they target is the answer that they're carrying. The answer to prayer. And they get the answer, if they can, from the angel. And that's what they give to witches, and cults, and psychics. 
You wonder where they got that. I was sitting and I heard two women take spotty feet just yesterday. One of them was talking about how she went to a sidekick and she said, I still keep going. She said, you only ever got one thing right, but it's enough to keep me going. I walked in first time, it's in this scruffy little flat, she said, and I heard him say, as I walked in, he said to me, why did you marry him? He said, so I've kept going back ever since. It was just a bit of insight but it was enough, basically, to get her hooked. And people get involved in witchcraft, and they say, well, I got this because I, used, I did this and I cast this spell or whatever. But do you remember what it says in the book of James? Every good and perfect thing, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Yeah, It's coming down from him. So where does the devil get his stuff? He hasn't got anything to give. He has to nick it. He steals, he kills, and he destroys. So again, now you can figure out, perhaps where spiritualists and psychics get their stuff if they're not just manipulating in what's called cold reading, which is worth looking at too. He steals, this man said, answers from those who don't persist and pray to the end. But he says they're not satisfied with just stealing the answer to prayer. They want to detain the angel. Now, if you don't believe that an angel can be detained, you need to look at the book of Daniel, yes. chapter 10. Go home when you read it. Daniel's been praying and fasting. And he says, the, and the angel brought the answer. And he said, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. Mm-hmm. And I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom, that is a power, that is a principality, that is an evil spirit over the land, resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. I don't think that just happens to Daniel. I think this could be a reason why we pray and then we kind of forget about it and then we wonder why it never happened. Maybe I'm going to try and press through a bit more in prayer. I'm going to be a bit more persistent. I'm not just going to pray for one day. What about if I pray for 21 days? Yes, sir. The man said sometimes they succeed in holding the angel Meanwhile, they torment the Christian because they're left without that ministering spirit. And this is what John Melinda said. The man didn't know much of the Bible at the time he was saying all this. He was just sharing his experiences. He said they couldn't hold the angel too long because when other Christians prayed in other places, reinforcements would come and the angels would go free. But if the Christian responsible didn't pray, then the angel sends his own spirits, an angel of light to this person. And that's where deceptions would come. False visions, false prophecies, false leadership, false guidance in the spirit. And this person is now open to all kinds of attack and lies and bondages. We've come in a bit of a full circle here in this teaching. And John Melinda said he left that dinner troubled. So he went to seek the Lord for 10 days and to fast about these things. And the Lord did two things during that time. First, he confirmed what he'd heard and opened his mind to see more about what happens in the spirit realm. Mm. See, I think if this makes me pray more harder, more fervently, with a bit more fire, yes. I don't think the devil's going to be pleased about yes. that. That's right. Number two, he said he led me to see that if we operate with God's armour, if we are sensitive to the spiritual realities, responsive to the Holy Spirit, then we will not be overcome, but we'll become overcomers. Amen. Amen. So shall we stand and we're going to pray? Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So what is it? Is there an area that you need breakthrough in? The band are going to come up and, you know, like the, sometimes it's just to be able to, to help us, to be able to focus. I want us to pray for our church. I want us to pray for, for uh, families in our church, for individuals in our church, people that need a breakthrough. You know some people who need a breakthrough yes. in your life. You know, I'm praying for, uh, there's people that we pray for every day. I'm praying for some of them. We need a breakthrough, Lord, for Connor. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you haven't got anything to pray for, there's one. We need a breakthrough for Connor. We need a miracle for Connor. We need, a, we need a breakthrough for Kevin Nolan, Lord. Jesus, we need, a, we need a breakthrough for Rita in the name of Jesus. We ask, Lord, now we come, Lord, and in the power of the Spirit, we ask that we would start to intercede. 
Lord, we, we focus our eyes upon you. We, we don't lift our eyes as we talked about these things to the enemy, Lord. We're not, in, we're not in fear of him because, Lord, you have placed him under our feet because we are the body of Christ and you've given us authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. And, Lord, so that we don't have to fear anything. None of those things are going to harm us. Lord, we stand in the authority that you've given us and we place upon ourselves that spiritual armour and we ask, Lord, that you would help us to be able to pray, standing in the authority of who we are. We are sons and daughters of the living God. We are orphans and heirs. Lord, we are not alone. We're not abandoned. You are with us. You are going to help us and you are going to hear us. And Lord, as we lift our eyes to you now, we pray that you would raise our eyes and our expectations and our faith. And the things that we hope for, we are believing that we're going to see by faith. We are praying for breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would deal with every spiritual opponent and every spiritual opposition and every name that is, has to be lower than your name in the name of Jesus Christ. And every principality in power, Lord, we ask that you would bind those things in the name of Jesus Christ. And we declare that they are defeated and broken and bound and tied. And Lord, we loose heaven's healings. We loose heaven's miracles in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we declare victory in the name of Jesus Christ over every area that's tried to keep us in bondage or held us back. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be persistent and faithful and faithful to continue to pray. Lord, we're sorry for the times when we've given up. We're sorry for the times when we've, we've just spoken to you and walked away and we've not pressed through. Lord, we're presenting these situations and these people and ourselves to you now. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we're asking that you would raise up a spirit of prayer in us, in this church. Lord, whether we are gathered together like this, whether we're in our homes, Lord, during this time of Lent as we get ready, ready for Easter. Help us to be set apart. Help us to set aside time, Lord, to worship you, to pray to you, to intercede, Lord, to get breakthrough happening. Lord, we ask that you would stir up your Holy Spirit in me, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Whatever happens, Lord, you are control. You are in control in the name of Jesus. We don't have to be quiet. There's nothing to be fearful of. There's warrior prayer warfare happening in this place in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask for you to break through in these situations. Lord, we're not just going to um, just quietly ask you for these things, Lord. If we call out to you, Lord, we're asking you for, for to break through in these situations. We're calling out to you. We're desperate for you. We're desperate for these answers, Lord, to prayer. We're praying for healing for Connor. We're praying for, Lord, for breakthrough and for that family, Lord. We, we, we curse cancer in the name of Jesus Christ. And we say Jesus Christ's name is so much bigger, so much stronger than every sickness and disease in Jesus' name. We pray for Rita, Lord. We pray for a miraculous infusion of your Holy Spirit healing. You've purchased healing for her at Calvary at the cross. We pray for the blood of Jesus to come and wash through and wash over and break every chain in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, that you would put that covering of light over this church. Even as we pray now, send your light out into the darkness. The, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness will never put it out, can never stand against it. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are the light of the world. We declare Jesus Christ to be the light of the world. We give you the glory and the honour, Lord, for the breakthroughs that are coming. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are exalted. You are the sovereign Lord. You are the Lion of Judah. You're the one who holds the keys of death and hell. It's all, been, it's all about you, Jesus. We ask that you would get the glory from these answers to prayer. We are expectant of miracles and breakthrough in the name of Jesus. We do not shrink back, we press forward. We stand our ground, we're expectant of breakthrough in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We declare, Lord, breakthrough is coming this year. Lord, every opponent, everybody who has stood against us, as they come to us in one direction, they will flee in seven directions in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, you are, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. So we run into your name. Lord, we're not just hiding away. You are our stronghold. You break every stronghold and you are our stronghold. You are our strong tower. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would speak to, we address every evil spirit, every assignment of the enemy. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, we declare that every curse is broken. We are the blessed people of God. We receive blessing in the name of the Father who loves us, in the name of the Son whose blood has been shed for us, in the name of the Holy Spirit who is moving in His people, who is empowering His people, who is breaking through on behalf of His people. Lord, You are breaking off curses. You are breaking off death sentences in the name of Jesus Christ. You are breaking off fear and intimidation in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we declare your victory in our lives in every situation. You will always lead us in triumphant procession in Christ. Lord, you have, you have made a show of the enemy. You have defeated him in the cross. Lord, you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. You've given us a spirit of revelation and wisdom in the knowledge of him. Lord, we ask that you would release more and more spiritual gifts, more and more spiritual favour. Lord, we are clothed in your righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus as we stand here. We're no longer slaves to fear. We sing it. We believe it. We are ambassadors for Christ. Lord, we have everything available from the kingdom of heaven coming now to earth. We ask, Lord, that you open up the storehouses, the treasuries of heaven and pour out the blessings upon us, Lord, that you want to give us. Lord, we're pressing through and we're asking, please, Lord, would you pour out your Holy Spirit, your blessings upon us. Lord, all the provision that you need for us, all of the healings that, you, that we need, all the things that we've been held back from. Lord, we push through in the name of Jesus Christ and we are expectant of breakthrough in the name of Jesus Christ in this place. Sovereign Lord, pour out your power, pour out your grace. And thank you, Lord, now that our, our worship, our praise, our intercession is rising to you as incense, as fire, and it is breaking through and it is burning through and heaven is invading earth with miracles and revelation and words of knowledge and words of prophecies and dreams and visions and new life and resurrection power and new keys being given and Lord your provision and your abundance coming from heaven we're not just making do with a little Lord you've got all that you've got for us we want it all Lord your treasury your kingdom open to us in the name of Jesus Christ pour out your abundance upon us Lord help us not just to be, be content with a little bit of you Lord you, you want to give us all that you have all of you more of you Lord we pray for the children of this church Lord, we ask that they would receive their inheritance, that the children in this church would know who they are from the youngest all the way through, Lord. We pray that the teenagers in this church would not be taken away by the enemy and by his lies. Lord, we pray that instead those teenagers would come back to you. The ones that are in danger of walking away, the ones that the enemy is calling away, speak to them, Lord. Call them back to the destiny that you have got for them. Let them hear you. Let them hear your call. The ones who've been saying, I don't know if he's real, even tonight, speak to them, Lord. Call them back. The ones who are wandering away, there's teenagers who used to come to this church and they've been in one foot and out the other foot. I pray you would drag them, bring them back, draw them back with your love. Speak to them really clearly. We are calling out to you for those young people, Lord. We, we want them to be fulfilled in their destiny, in their knowledge of you. We want them to be lost to the world. We don't want them to have to wander off and come back. We ask that they would just come back to you now in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Praying for the older people, Lord, the ones who feel like their destiny and their, their, it's all in the past, Lord. I pray that you would raise them up as intercessors, as mentors, as warriors, as, as, uh, as uh, that they would apprentice younger people, that they would be mothers and fathers and grandmothers and grandfathers to them. The generation would speak to generation. There would be mutual learning, mutual honouring in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit in this place. And we pray this for every church in the city where your gospel is being proclaimed. We pray for a fresh outpouring. We thank you for our brothers and sisters in every gospel church, everywhere across this whole city where your light is shining. Let the lights come on. Keep the lampstands in place. Let the lampstands not be removed. Let them burn bright. Even the ones that are flickering now, breathe your Holy Spirit upon them. Pour out your fire upon them afresh in the name of Jesus. Lord, those pastors, leaders, that their heads are hanging down, lift them up in the name of Jesus. Be the lifter of their heads. Turn them around. Lord, help them to see who you are. Remember the call. Remember who they serve, the privilege of serving you. Call them back, Lord. Let it not be about the conditions, the pay, the money. Let it be about the joy of serving you, Lord Jesus, to worship you, to serve you. You are the best. You are the greatest. 
We thank you, Lord. We love you. We get to serve you. We get to serve together. We get to serve with you. Unite us as your family, as mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters. Unite us, Lord. Pour out your anointing upon us as a united body in the name of Jesus. Lift up the cross. Let us focus upon you, Lord. Let us focus upon the empty tomb. Let us focus on your ascended glory, your, your spirit being poured out upon your people. Raise us, Lord. Raise us up in our spirit and in our faith. Let us be the miracle people that you've called us to be. Let us be that dangerous force for you upon the earth. Lord, that calls forth destiny, that breaks forth every chain in the name of Jesus. Let addictions be broken in the name of Jesus. Lord, homeless people receive their destiny in the name of Jesus. The ones that are poor, you lift them up, Lord. The ones that are entrapped in debt, Lord, we pray that you would show them how to be free, how to be your servants, Lord, how to live as sons and daughters of God. God, we ask for you to pour out and be glorified in this church. It's not about us. It's not about our name. It's not about the name of Ivy. It's not about the name of any church. It's the name of Jesus Christ. Let your name be exalted, only your name. Let only your name be exalted. Not us, not our ministries, nothing about us. All about you. All for you, Jesus. All for you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. Let breakthrough come. Let breakthrough come. Keep pressing in. Lord, we're calling out to you. It's you, Lord, we're focusing upon. Thank you, Jesus. You are here. Holy Spirit, you're moving in this place. You're moving upon us. You're stirring something up inside of us. Some people are, are just starting to, to, it feels like there's something holding you back. It's just those, just in the name of Jesus Christ, let the chains be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Those things that say, inside of those little things that say, oh, not you and don't do that. That's just emotion and all that kind of stuff. That's not the Lord. That's not the voice of the Lord that's stopping you from being fervent in your praise. It's not the voice of the Lord that's stopping you from saying to you, oh, you just got to be reserved in this. The angels bow before before the throne. They say, holy, holy, holy. Living creatures bow down before Him. Mighty creatures are bowing down before Him now. Lord, we are, we are ascended right now, Lord. We are ascended with You. Lord, You've lifted us up into that place. Lord, we are with You. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ right now in this place, Lord. We are, we are in that place because, Lord, You have ascended so that we can pray from from above and not from below. Lord, the, the, that, that picture is great, but actually the other side of it is, Lord, that we are ascended with you. And Lord, we break through in the name of Jesus from above when we pray too. Lord, the prayer is breaking through from above as we have ascended and we see ourselves, Lord, with that kingdom mindset, with that heavenly perspective, we see that we are above and not below. Now, we have broken through and we are connected with you through the cross and your resurrection. And Lord, as you have ascended, you've led captivity captive. And now, Lord, you've broken us into that place where our worship and our warfare are making such a difference here on the earth. We get above. We get above the situations. We get above those situations. Things that look so big now look small. We are seated in heavenly places with you. We have authority. We can command in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we can command in the name of Jesus Christ. If there's somebody you know and it's like the enemy has just been really having a go at them and they've just been keeping them trapped, just see yourself seated above and just say, Lord, I release to that person your truth, your revelation, your light. Lord, come and speak to them in Jesus' name. Come and show them who you are in Jesus' name. Give them revelation in Jesus' name. Let them see who you are. Let them look up. Stop them looking around and feeling down. Lord, help them look up to you and meet with you, Lord Jesus. We are ascended. We are, we're up there with you, Lord. You called us, Lord, to go higher with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Lord, you're going to lift us up. You lift us up when we pray. We're not, just, we're not just earthbound, Lord. We are ascended with you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's easy. Just keep that place. Keeping that place, like, if you've got there, in a way, just to be ascended in a way, just to be able to, to know that now you're, you're able to pray with authority. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father and he lives to intercede for us and he's praying for you as you pray. 
He says that he's put everything under his feet and that's his church, that's his body, that's you. If you say, I'm only like the bottom of the feet, you've still got your, your feet on the enemy. Thank you, Lord. We can stand. Just keep praying as we worship. Keep praying as we worship. Praying for breakthrough. I pray for breakthrough for this church. Every site, every site leader, every church, breakthrough, multiplication, reproduction, healings and miracles and an overflow of salvation. Just like, just making it easy, Lord, for people to come in and find you and meet with you and go out changed and bring their families. And, and Lord, that we're just going to be running out of places this year. We're going to be running out of places. We're going to have to find more and more places for more and more people to come to know you more and more, Lord. We're going to be breaking out of Manchester. We're going to be breaking out of the UK. We're going to be breaking out across Europe. We're going to be breaking out because your light can't be contained by darkness. Your light is breaking out. Lord, we're going to start fires and they're going to go to other places. Lord, we're going to start fires and they're going to go on to other places. We're going, to, we're going to, as we set on fire for you, Lord, we're going to go and we're going to light fires all over this place. And some people maybe are visiting from other churches and you've got this fire on the inside of you to take back. But you're going to go to place, to place, to place and light fires in the name of Jesus. Let the light shine in the darkness. Sundabos, sundakos, sundakos. Yes, Lord. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.